Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Tuesday morning, January the 18th, 2022. It's 7.02 on your Tucson Tuesday, and we are live here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. as Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. So glad to be back on the air after what seems like forever ago since we were back uh, with you here on uh, on Thursday, the past Thursday, because had Friday off and then yesterday off, of course, for uh, for MLK Day, Civil Rights Acknowledgement Day. But glad to be back with you here on this Tuesday. And, I mean, really like about a million and a half things to talk about today, so we won't waste much time. Just going to break down some of the things we got going on today before we jump right into it. Of course, we're going to be talking NFL playoffs, results, reactions, uh, all kinds of things that happened, whether it was Saturday, Sunday, or in last night's absolute debacle of a football game. We'll be talking about all that. We're going to take an early look at the divisional matchups coming up this upcoming weekend is four. Just really, I mean, all four of them are going to be really good games and very exciting and fun to watch uh, for the NFL playoffs coming up this weekend. Plenty of Arizona men's basketball to review and reset for you as the Wildcats swept the Rocky Mountain schools over the weekend. And, you know, there was some interesting uh, you know, news and, and you know there was a, a player that that the Wildcats were without on Saturday night against Utah. We'll talk about all that. We'll talk Arizona women's basketball as you know, unfortunately, they blow a 17-point lead in Eugene, and then the the Twitterverse blows up because apparently of a an exchange of gestures and words between the two head coaches between Oregon's Kelly Graves and of course the Wildcats at Dia Barnes. We'll talk about all that. Plus, we have a, a litany of other things to talk about. As you know, Mike Mayock, the general manager of the Oakland or Oakland Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders, has been. I still, I'm still, I still said I said San Diego Chargers over the weekend too. I was talking to a buddy. It just takes time. After 40 years of saying the same you know thing over and over again, and they change it on you. Uh, it's like trying to make sure that you write the correct year when the new year changes. It just takes a little time. Um, the Las Vegas Raiders general manager, Mike Mayock, has been fired. It's probably bad news for Rich Bisaccia, unfortunately, because his biggest fan was Mike Mayock. So we'll uh, we'll see about that. But we'll talk about a whole lot of other things coming up with the NFL uh, throughout the week. And then, of course, we'll, uh, we'll talk about the Cardinals. What was the Cardinals' final game of the 2022-2021-22 uh, season with our Cardinals insider, Tyler Drake? We'll do that again tomorrow at 7.30 like we always do every single Wednesday. We also have some tickets to give away today for the aforementioned Arizona women's basketball team. They've got a game coming up this uh, this weekend. They're going to be playing uh, Utah, I believe. we got some tickets to give away to that, so be listening for your cue to call for those. There's, it's going to be a, a call-in, not a text-in, so we're going to be calling Mary back in the studio to uh, to win those tickets. Be nice to her, please. And uh, so they'll be listening for that uh, cue to call. It could happen anytime before we close out of here at 8.58 uh, this morning. So plenty of things to get into, and we will begin with the NFL playoffs as Saturday 
had a, uh, you know, it was a pretty good game between the Bengals and the Raiders. I thought it was uh, somewhat uh, in- enjoyable. The the Bengals kind of race out to an early lead. It was 20-13 to 13 at halftime. Raiders kind of get one back there, you know, right before half. And then it was kind of uh, like a, I don't know if I want to call it a defensive slugfest or just a lack of offense. We'll call it defensive slugfest. We'll be nice. These are playoff teams. And you know, the Bengals end up outlasting the Raiders 26-19. And, you know, they're going to be moving on. They get their first win since before the text message era began <laughs> in the in the NFL. And, you know, it was – look, it was uh, it was a fun game to watch. Both quarterbacks kind of going at it. Derek Carr had over 300 yards passing. Joe Burrow had a nice game, 24 of 34, 244 yards, two touchdowns, no picks for, uh, for the young Joe Burrow. And uh, uh, Jamar Chase showed out at nine catches, 116 yards, uh, he was he was really really good, and you know the Raiders have some. I, I don't want to say soul searching to do, but um, I feel like that's a team that didn't have uh, wasn't able to establish a whole lot of of identity this season. And, and look, rightfully so. And I, I I think I saw that on the on the on the broadcast, and this is not a surprise to see this that Rich Bisaccia became the first ever interim coach to coach a team in the NFL playoffs. So hats off to him. Um, I also saw over the weekend there was a uh, there was an article that came out that uh, it showed a picture of him in his hotel room, and he was just sitting there at the at the desk writing on you know just handwriting some things. And it turns out he was handwriting notes to each of his 53 players, thanking them for the season that they had and just individual personalized notes. That's like little stuff like that is what gets is what endears you to the to the players around the league. I mean, to everybody. Um, Again, you know, I've I've signed off my endorsement for for the Raiders to to go ahead and hire him to be their full time coach. I don't know why you wouldn't at this point. Um, the players love playing for him. He got results, and I think if he gets you know his opportunity to sign an offensive coordinator, or defensive coordinator that he wants, and install the packages that he wants, and try to establish the type of uh, of culture and the identity that, that team is supposed to have, there's no reason why they couldn't be back in the playoffs again next year. Uh, but it doesn't look like he's going to get that opportunity, of course, because Mike Mayock's been fired. The new GM's going to want to come in and, and hire his own coach. That's what you do as a GM. You don't want to inherit coaches because uh, that just it's, it's a recipe for disaster. Not to mention, as a GM, you want to be able to hire your own coach. You've already got ideas of who you want to be. You've already talked to guys. Like, hey, I'm going to start uh, interviewing for jobs. Do you want to be my coach? So um, I texted my buddy last night, huge Raiders fan, and a guy who's really – Really close to the NFL. Actually, is was is close friends with Mike Mayock, so he was having a, a rough day yesterday. Um, I talked to him, and uh, I, I told him, I said, I said, you guys should just go out and hire Lewis Riddick right now uh, as your GM and move on, you know, move forward from there. And he agreed, uh, you know. So we'll see if uh, Lewis Riddick did a nice job on the Monday night game last night. Has done a nice job announcing games this year. Announced a nice job analyzing things throughout the week on ESPN and sports centers and things like that. So we'll see if uh, Lewis Riddick gets one of those open GM jobs. Then later in the day, in the the freezing cold of western New York, uh, the Patriots just get absolutely lambasted. And I mean, that game was – and I don't even think the Patriots played all that bad, to be honest with you. Like, uh, you know, watching them play, um, I didn't think it was – you know, and and again – I wasn't able to watch the game live because I was at the Wildcat game on Saturday night. 
but I had it recorded, and obviously, and I came back and I watched it um, throughout the day. I kind of you know fast forwarded some stuff. I got home at a pretty good time, so I was able to watch the first quarter and a half when I realized, boy, this this game got out of hand fast. And honestly, like I said, I don't think the Patriots played all that bad. Mac Jones showed that he was a rookie. I mean, 24-38, 232 yards, um, had to eat the ball a couple of times because he held on it a little bit too long, threw a couple of picks. One of them was really bad. One of them wasn't so bad. Um, but it, it was the Josh Allen show. I, my God. I mean, this is what like th- this is what we expected to kind of see all year long, at least I did, out of Josh Allen. He had more touchdown passes in that game than he had incomplete passes. He was 21 of 25, 308 yards, five touchdown passes, zero interceptions, did not take a sack in the game, had a quarterback rating near perfect of 157.6. I don't know how, to be honest with you, you could be any more perfect than that. I've seen quarterback ratings 158.3, right? That's the that's the, the perfect number, 158.3. I've seen lines that were worse than that, in my opinion, and quarterbacks play worse than Josh Allen did get perfect numbers. So I don't know what math they're using, but to me, that was a perfect performance by Josh Allen. He was just spectacular. Oh, by the way, also had six rushes for 66 yards, and including a 26-yarder where it seemed like the defense kind of bailed out because they needed to, right, because he was throwing bombs on them all night long. And you know, they because they had well, they had pass plays of 45, 38, 34, 31, 28. I, I just, you know, they were just throwing bombs all over the place. And uh, the defense kind of retreated, and he was like, well, I'll just kind of take off running. And uh, the Bills put up 174 yards rushing as a team. It was just total domination by the Buffalo Bills. So hats off to them. And uh, they're moving on, and they're looking really, really good right now. But remember, this is a Bills team that lost to Jacksonville. Uh, this is a Bills team that has been known to look really, really bad at times throughout the season. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens in that game. Of course, that's going to be coming up <clears throat> Sunday night as they travel to Kansas City to uh, to take on the Chiefs. So they get kind of a, like, like an extra long layoff there. Chiefs played on Sunday. They'll play Sunday. The Bills get the extra day of rest, so to speak, as they played late into the night on Saturday. So um, Bills looking really, really good. And, uh, you know, not really a whole lot else to say there other than the fact that they dealt Bill Belichick his worst playoff defeat ever, losing by 30 points with a rookie quarterback again, like I said. And they did a good job of masking things throughout the season. And I don't want to say that they were a bad team that got in uh, just on, you know, duct tape and, and Elmer's glue. They, they they played well. The defense, you know, played extremely well. Mac Jones certainly earned the the opportunity to get plenty of votes for the, the Offensive Rookie of the Year this year. It's going to be between he and Jamar Chase, I'm sure. Those are the two finalists uh, for that particular award. But in the end, you know, you're dealing with a rookie quarterback who many people felt had the lowest ceiling of the four or five, if you want to throw Davis Mills in there now, uh, quarterbacks that were in the uh, in the draft, the rookie quarterbacks that were in the draft this year. So, um Again, I, I, I like I like what they got out of Mac Jones. I think if he gets a couple of more targets, which is the same the same thing we said about Brady, right? If Brady ever gets any you know any, anybody to throw the football to, they're going to be unstoppable. Like the year that we saw the way they had Randy Moss and they went undefeated. Of course, they lost the uh, the Super Bowl that year, but but uh, 
Uh, I, you know, look, it, it's good, but you can only go so far with a rookie quarterback, especially when you get in the postseason. Everything changes. Everything's different. But that was invaluable experience for that young man. So, uh, so the Patriots going home, Bills moving on, and the Bills look like a real power team. And uh, Josh Allen looks fantastic. If he can continue to play like that, that's a team that's got real, real aspirations of winning a Super Bowl this year. Then we move on to Sunday, the uh, the early game, right? <laughs> not not much of a game as the uh, the Buccaneers just absolutely carve up the Philadelphia Eagles. Final score there, thirty one fifteen. It was not the score, not indicative of the game though. This was um, this it, it was it was a mismatch of incredible proportions. Tom Brady played it safe for the most part. Was twenty nine of thirty seven. Threw a lot of passes. I mean, you're playing in Bruce Arians' offense. You're gonna throw a lot of passes. Um, you know, because they only ran the ball thirty one times. 271 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, found uh, you know Rob Gronkowski in the end zone for a touchdown early in the game that kind of set a tone for them, found Mike Evans later. Um, did take a lot of sacks, though. That offensive line didn't look so good against that Philadelphia pass rush um, as the, the pocket was collapsing early and often around Tom Brady. He took four sacks in the game. And, you know, thankfully, because he's a wily veteran and has that quick release and can kind of feel the pressure when it's coming, avoided about three more that could have occurred in that game. So they've got some soul searching to do on that offensive line as far as pass protection goes, especially when considering the team they're going to be playing coming up uh, on this weekend. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But the real story in this game was Jalen Hurts and his just – I don't want to say deer in the headlights look, but he just was terrible in the game. I mean, there's there's no there's no way around it. Speaking of quarterbacks playing in the playoffs for the first time, Jalen Hurts, 23 of 43, 258 yards, did throw a touchdown in that game, uh, but two interceptions could have been about four interceptions. The Buccaneers dropped a couple of them. One of the interceptions was just one of those plays where you just you look at it and you say to yourself, "My God." What in the hell was he thinking? <laughs> that jump pass that he blindly tossed up into the air and was tipped by Shaq Barrett and comes down with it. A, a, a ridiculous throw. And something that you've come to see over the year and in the year and a half or so that we've seen of Jalen Hurts at quarterback. If you're uh, Howie Roseman and and uh, Nick Sirianni, the head coach there, you got to be wondering maybe let's kick the tires on some on some quarterbacks here on some of the free agents that are be coming around because I, I just don't know how far Jalen Hurts can take you. I mean that that game was a glaring, uh, I guess a, a glaring example of why you should have a a pocket quarterback, a guy who is comfortable in the pocket throwing the football now. When you compare the two, obviously Mac Jones more of a, a pocket-style passer. He str- struggled uh, in his game, of course, as we just talked about. But <clears throat> but Jalen Hurts was, was – uh, Mac Jones wasn't awful. Jalen Hurts was awful. Uh, Jalen Hurts went out there and hurt his team uh, with the way that he played on, on Sunday. So Buccaneers moving on again, 31-15. I almost predicted that score to the T, by the way. Um, we'll take a look at the, my predictions and how they played out. I actually did pretty well over the weekend in my uh, my FanDuel uh, bets that I had going on. was able to cash a few tickets, and uh, one got away from me, but we'll not discuss all that one. 
So the uh, the Buccaneers moving on, of course, and they're going to be hosting the Rams coming up on Sunday. Now, we'll we'll talk quickly about the the Sunday night game, just because you know I thought the game would be close because I thought the Steelers defense would show up. I have right here in my notes from from Thursday, right here. So I have, you know, Pittsburgh and Kansas City. Kansas City favored by 12 and a half. I'm like, gosh, it's a big number. I know that Pittsburgh didn't look like they belong, but that defense is really good. Um, you know, Kansas City beat them 36 to 10, but they recovered five fumbles in that game. The offensive line has got some injuries on it. And, and you know, the, the right tackle is the guy who gave up four sacks in the Super Bowl and all this other stuff, third string right tackle. And I have a little note here next to, because I picked Pittsburgh plus 12.5. I just didn't think the Chiefs were going to be able to score enough points to win that game by 13 or 14 points. And I, it says right here, little star next to it, it says, does Vegas know something? Question mark, question mark. Well, apparently they did, because the Chiefs scored on six consecutive possessions after going down 7 nothing in that game. T.J. Watt returns the fumble for the touchdown early, right, in the second quarter. Um, and the, the, the Chiefs, who punted and or had turnovers on their first four possessions, then scored on six consecutive possessions to put that game away and send Ben Roethlisberger off into the sunset as Chiefs win that game 42-21. Patrick Mahomes in that game 30 of 39, 404 yards passing, five touchdowns, and barely broke a sweat doing it. It was a remarkable performance from you know one of the three best quarterbacks in the league. I saw a, an interesting poll on uh, on Twitter over the weekend, it may have been yesterday, and it was who who would you rather have? Who would you rather have for the next ten years, Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen? It was look, it was a compelling argument. You know, Patrick Mahomes has already got the, the one ring cashed in, and I get it. You know, he's he's they both have incredible arm talent. They both can get out and and use their legs to their advantage. Both you know quick, you know good runners. Um, I think Josh Allen may be a little tougher than Patrick Mahomes, and I think Patrick Mahomes maybe kind of tries to freelance a little bit out there. But it's also the endearing factor, you know, it, you know about about Patrick Mahomes, the fact that he likes to do those things off schedule and likes to do weird no look passes and stuff like that. As long as he's not turning the ball over, I don't care what you know. Um, but it was it was it was an interesting conversation. There was a lot of a lot of discussion, a lot of good discussion that people had, and people made a lot of good points. I think. What really is the case here is there's no need to have to choose. If you have one of those two quarterbacks for the next 10 years on your team, your team's going to be in the playoffs and challenging for championships every single year, period, end of story. They're both that good, and they're both going to get even better as time goes on. Now, the final two games that were on the weekend, we will save for the rest of the discussion in this hour because there are some hotly contested opinions regarding the 49ers and Cowboys game and specifically the final 14 seconds of that game. We will absolutely discuss that. And also the debacle last night in Los Angeles as the Rams absolutely carve up the Arizona Cardinals. And, and look, folks, that game, 34-11 to 11 is a gracious score. Uh, that game could have been 52 to nothing for all, for all intents and purposes. I mean, that, that game was that lopsided. Just watching it, and and then kind of going back and pouring over situations and statistics and things like that, it, it was it could have been a lot worse for the Arizona Cardinals. And I don't know, 
you know, 34-11 in the playoffs is, is, is pretty damn bad, but uh, I guess it could have looked a lot worse optics-wise on the scoreboard. But we'll definitely talk about that because – Look, we have to talk about the future of the Arizona Cardinals. You know, they've got uh, Cliff Kingsbury's got one year left on his contract. Kyler Murray is is going to be up for an extension coming up in a year or two. What is the decision on those? What about their general manager, Steve Kime? That's a lot of K's there. Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler, and Kime. Uh, regardless, uh, you know, the, the Cardinals have to have to figure out what they're going to do with those three those three entities. Do they move forward uh, as 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 you know things are status quo, or do they try to shake some things up moving into next season? We'll talk about all that. Each win means that much more in the NFL playoffs. That's why FanDuel Sportsbook is going to be hooking up new customers with thirty to one enhanced odds for this weekend's divisional round of playoffs. That's right, you can bet five bucks and win one hundred and fifty dollars on any team to win any. Divisional playoff game. Now, we'll talk about these games. Um, obviously, we'll, we'll preview them a little bit today. I'll have a full breakdown for you on on Friday when looking at the four games. But to me, I'd use this amazing promo to cash in on Tennessee over the Bengals that's going on this Saturday. It's the early game on Saturday. King Henry's coming back for the Titans. I think that defensive line is primed and ready to have a big show this Saturday against that uh, against that Bengals offensive line. So, Take advantage of that. Just sign up for the FanDuel Sportsbook app, make your deposit, and claim your 30-to-1 enhanced odds. Now, as you know, betting on the NFL on FanDuel Sportsbook, you're going to get great promotions like this every single day. They're always sending out stuff, and you know, you've know you only got a limited time to take advantage of those because playoffs are going to be over before we know it. Uh, There's safe and secure, best-in-class customer service, and, of course, when you win, and you will, FanDuel pays you out in as few as two hours. And if you already have a FanDuel Sportsbook account, awesome. Go to FanDuel, use the Refer a Friend program, because when you refer a friend, they get $50 in promotional cash, and you get $50 in promotional cash. Don't miss your chance to win $150 on just a $5 bet. Sign up today using my promo code DEAN, and that way you can uh, can take advantage of that promotion. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, use my promo code DEAN, Dean and pick your divisional playoff team before kickoff on Saturday. 21 and over and present in Arizona. New users only. $10 first deposit is required. Must wager and designated offer market. Max bonus is $150. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342. Coming up next, what should the Dallas Cowboys do with their current situation? Because an undisciplined team that led the NFL in turnovers, or led the NFL in, in uh, penalties, rather, uh, reared its ugly head again on Sunday and maybe was the reason that they're staying home now for the remainder of this playoffs. That's coming up next. You're listening here to The Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here. Talking some NFL playoffs. And we're going to get into the meat of the discussion of this weekend's games because, look, there there were lots of duds this weekend, right? And I think that that's part of the um I, I think that's that's part of the recipe that we're going to expect to see now that there's seven teams from each conference getting in and when you expand the playoffs you get worse teams in there teams that show up and play the way the Philadelphia Eagles did or 
the way and, and you know the Steelers. <laughs> I don't know. Would the would the Chargers have put up a bigger fight against the Chiefs? Probably. Would it have mattered? Probably not. The outcome would have been the same the way the Chiefs were playing. But the Steelers didn't belong to be in there. They're just not. They're not only they're a horrible football team to watch because offensively they're just anemic. Um, they just they just completely outmatched uh, in that game. And then you get what happened with the Cardinals, uh, just being completely ill prepared. Now, what happened in the game in Dallas is what a lot of people are talking about today. They've been talking about it all weekend since since it occurred on on Sunday evening, all the way up until you know we're talking about it right now. Specifically, the final fourteen seconds of that game, the decision to run a quarterback draw play with no timeouts and driving the football into 49er territory. I will say let me let me say let me establish my opinions on this very very early. Number 1. If you willingly run the football, I mean if you willingly run the football with no timeouts under 15 seconds to go, you are setting yourself up for failure. Period end of story. Because of several factors. Number 1, Running the football, you know, when, when when if something goes bad, the clock is still going to run. If something goes bad in the passing game, either the clock stops or the game is over. We throw a pick and the game is over and, you know, things happen, turnovers happen, whatever. You, you run the football, the clock is going to run regardless unless, unless that player gets out of bounds and no one on earth is going to let them get out of bounds because teams, you know, defensively are playing – the the bracket defense they're they're guarding the sidelines they're not going to let that happen so even in that case you 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 know the chances of getting out of bounds are slim to none and how many yards are you really going to gain on that particular play number 2 it eats up more time you can throw a football a lot faster than someone can run you can throw a football 55 60 miles an hour you can run a ball even at full full tilt about 21, 22 miles an hour. The, the, the math is obviously in favor of throwing the football. There are, there are some really smart people that have played and coached in the NFL, three of them whom I, you know, I, I consider three of the, the greatest coaches of all time, Bill Walsh, Bill Parcells, and Bill Belichick, uh, all named Bill, interestingly enough. Um, all three of those guys had a – a protocol essentially if there is fewer than 18 seconds on the clock and we don't have timeouts we are not going to run the football regardless of anything we are going to throw that football because they figured that you could throw the football three times within that 18 second window you get yourself more opportunities to for for plays to happen for a playmaker to do something for your quarterback to do something whatever okay for a penalty to occur all those kinds of things you run the football at best, at best, you get two plays, okay? What is this game about? If you're down, you need as many plays as possible to try to get into the end zone, try to make things happen, try to make the, the defense commit a penalty. You need to put more pressure on that defense by creating more plays on offense. Running the football is negating plays. So there's mistake numero uno for the Dallas Cowboys, Okay, the decision to even run the football there with a quarterback draw uh, is a is a really really horrible, poorly thought out decision 
by not only Kellen Moore, who called a, a good game, in my opinion, and has called a lot of good games this year. That team scored a ton of points this year in the NFL. Um, but it, it was also, you know, it was, it was a decision that was green-lighted by the head coach, Mike McCarthy. The second problem on this is that Dak completely fell apart in his, I guess, re- remembrance of how things are practiced because this is a play that's practiced in the NFL every single week. Every team practices, and if they don't, they, um, the, those coaches get fired. But if in practice, you practice these, you know, these two-minute drills, these one-minute drills, these 30-second drills, and when you don't have timeouts, okay, in practice, you have somebody, you know, posing as an umpire essentially, who has to spot the ball. In every NFL play, an umpire must spot the football before the center can touch the ball and snap it. This is something that's been around forever. An umpire has to officially spot the ball to establish the line of scrimmage before a player can touch the ball. Period. End of story. Apparently, Dak Prescott forgot about that because he gets up puts the ball down, gets under center, and is calling for the ball. And it's a good thing the center didn't do it because, it, it, like, I mean, I guess it wouldn't have mattered regardless. But if his center had snapped the ball, it would have been for an, an illegal snap or a false start. Uh, essentially, it would have been a penalty, and the 10-second runoff would have occurred, and the game would have ended regardless. So Dak Prescott standing in the way of the, of the umpire, who's, I mean, I'm going to give the umpire credit. He did everything in his power to get that ball spotted quickly, I mean, didn't even look at the side judge who had, had established where the, the player was downed at, just basically said, I need to spot the ball. Picked it up, set it down, moved it back a, just a hair. The offensive line had to adjust a little bit. No big deal. But I've never seen an umpire spot a ball more quickly in my entire life. He was doing his best to spot that ball on time for the offense. Dak was in the way. Center was in the way. You need to hand that ball to him and get your guys ready, okay? Also, he ran too far. I mean, he, he chewed up seven, eight seconds just running with the ball. It was just a horrible play, horrible execution all the way around. And if I'm Jerry Jones, heads are going to roll today. Like, I, I just – somebody's got to go on the chopping block for this. Because when Jerry Jones talked to the talked to the media after the game on Sunday night, first of all – he looked terrible. Like he looked like he was going to throw up, or that he has been throwing up. I don't. Either way, he looks sick as hell. Um, he said the first words he said were very disappointed. That's what. He, that's how he started his interview. Very disappointed. I'm disappointed for our fans. They deserve to win this game tonight, and they deserve for us, for us to go farther. So it was quite a letdown. Then a reporter asked him, "When was the last time you've been this, this disappointed after a loss?" Jerry said, "I can't remember." And that's not that's not a dig at his old age or anything. Like he was, he could not remember the last time he'd been that disappointed after a loss. Something has to change in Dallas, and it starts at the top. And I don't mean Jerry Jones himself. <laughs> okay, uh, the the Jones family has done everything to to put that team into a, a position of success. They've spent more money than any team on planet Earth trying to get their team the, mo- the, the best advantage uh, on Sundays in preparance for the, for the week ahead of them, it, it falls right up squarely on the shoulders of the head coach. The head coach who has had clock management problems all season long has done nothing but give excuses for his 
inequity on the on the on the sideline. And his team was the most undisciplined team in the NFL this year. Now, what is the discussion that's going to happen maybe today between Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, and Mike McCarthy? I'll have some opinions on that coming up next. Stay tuned right here to ESPN Tucson. It's the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show. Talking NFL playoffs here specifically. The occurrence on Sunday night in Dallas as the 49ers beat the Cowboys 23-17. to And, you know, once again, the the Cowboys – look, I talk identity on this, on this program because I think it's important. Um, based on my time covering sports, whether it be talking to players, coaches, general managers, people who have covered the sport for longer than I have, it's just it's one word that continues to pop up um, in the world of sports, not just football, but you know everything, basketball, baseball, whatever, whatever have you, whatever sport have you. It's it's a it's a it's a word, it's a term, it's a it's a phrase, it's a narrative, whatever you want to call it that continues to pop up when you talk to professionals, when you talk to people who are in the game, people who have worked the game for a long time. It's all about establishing that identity. What was the Cowboys' identity this year? Well, they had an electric offense, right? I mean, they, the offense looked really good uh, for, you know, I mean, I, most of the games this year, I, I think you know their offense outplayed the other team's offense. It didn't happen on, on Sunday, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. Um, the defense led the NFL in turnovers. Okay, that's great. They also led the led the NFL in yards after catch, yards after contact, which tells you that either they're not tackling well enough or they're just not good enough to be in positions or they're taking risks or whatever have you. Now, that falls, it's about a 50-50 between the coaches, Dan Quinn, who's probably going to get a head coaching job, uh, out of this, there's eight op- eight openings in the NFL. Dan Quinn's going to get a job. He's got four interviews this week. Uh, so about fifty fifty on Dan Quinn and fifty percent on the players. But I think when you when you think about the Dallas Cowboys season, the 2021 Dallas Cowboys, the one thing you're going to remember is just how undisciplined they were, how how un- how ill prepared and how unbuttoned up they were. I mean, really whether it be the penalties, and they had 14 penalties in that game on Sunday night, which tied an NFL record for a playoff game. Many of them were pre-snap penalties, which are just, for for a coaching staff, maddening. And Mike McCarthy only wanted to argue with the officials about stuff. So accountability is a huge problem in that, in that organization. Uh, and I don't think it's – listen, if there's an owner who keeps people accountable – more than anyone, I think it's Jerry Jones. I think he. I think honestly, I really, I really do. I think he does a fantastic job as an owner, and I know he's this huge personality, and he gets his nose in people's business and all this other stuff. But that's just part of being the most lucrative team on planet Earth in the Dallas Cowboys. That's just that just goes along with it. That's part of the reason why they're the most valuable brand in the world uh, in in terms of sports is because of Jerry Jones. So, 
I, th- I think he's fair with his coaches. I think he has been for a long time. But I also think he's one of the best at keeping them held accountable. And today is a day where Mike McCarthy needs to be held accountable because, again, when you – and Cowboys fans will back me up on this. When you think about the 2021 Cowboys, you won't think about how great their offense was. You'll, you'll talk about Micah Parsons and, you know, how bright the future is and how exciting it was to watch Trayvon Diggs intercept 10 passes in the first 10 weeks of the season and then get picked on for the final eight weeks of the season. But what you'll really talk about are those moments where you just you watch the team and you're like, what are they thinking? What, what is going through these guys' heads? Whether it be poor clock management, and I don't mean on just one occasion. I, I, can't, I can't even count on one hand the amount of times that we specifically talked about it on this show on a, on a Monday or a Tuesday talking about the poor clock management by the Dallas Cowboys. It happened on numerous occasions this year. And, of course, the penalties. They, were, they led the NFL in penalties this year. They tied the NFL record for most penalties in a playoff game, and it cost them dearly. And now, top, to top it all off, Dak Prescott wants to go into his press conference and essentially congratulate the fans for throwing trash and debris at the officials as they were exiting the field. That I have I have a lot of respect for for Dak Prescott. I felt like uh, he's been a great leader of that team. He's been a, uh, a you know a, a good a good example uh, for NFL players, and he's lost a ton of respect with me on that one. You don't you don't congratulate and condone fans throwing trash at the officials or anybody for that matter. That was that was a really really bad take for Dak Prescott, and as far as I know, he hasn't apologized for it. He hasn't said, oh, I wasn't I, – I was talking about their, their passion, you know. He hasn't tried to backtrack. As far as I know, he hasn't waffled on it or anything. He's sticking with it that he is supporting the fans who threw trash on the field at the officials as they were exiting the stadium. That's, that's, that's trash. That's garbage. Like, that's, that's just a trash take by someone who I had a lot of respect for. Uh, it was really disheartening to see that, to be honest with you. Here's my take on the whole the whole Mike McCarthy thing. I thought it was a bad hire to begin with. I didn't care because I don't like the Cowboys. I am a 49ers fan. Everyone knows this. I cannot stand the Dallas Cowboys for many reasons. <laughs> okay. Um, I didn't. I didn't think that Mike McCarthy was a good hire. I was like, okay, fine. They hired Mike McCarthy. We'll see how far that goes. And today, if I'm Jerry Jones, I cannot walk into a meeting with my head coach and say, like, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you how the game of football is won. You, like, you can't do that because that's that's basically what needs to be said today. Here's, here's how you win football games, okay? You don't shoot yourself in the foot. You make sure you manage the clock properly. You don't run quarterback draws in a playoff game under 15 seconds left on the clock when you have no timeouts, okay? These are things that you don't do to yourselves because, you know, the, the, old, the old adage, the old football proverb, more football games are lost than they are won, right? The Dallas Cowboys found ways to lose games this year. 
and ultimately it cost them a chance at the Super Bowl. That is a very talented football team, one of the most talented rosters in the NFL, and they completely lost it on Sunday night. If it's me, and I'm Jerry Jones, I fire Mike McCarthy today because you cannot walk into that meeting room with your list of things on how to win football games when you're paying your head coach, what, you know, whatever, $8 million, $9 million, somebody who's supposed to know these things that just neglected to fix them. I, I, there's no waiting for next year. You, can't, you don't have time to wait for next year. If you're, if, you're, if you're Jerry Jones and you want to cash in another championship before you pass on, you, you, can't, you can't wait. You know, I, I, I heard this morning they're like, oh, you know, wait and see what happens in the first few weeks of the season. If they're still committing penalties, then you fire them. Do what? Throw away that season? You fire your head coach and just throw away the season? Rich Passaccia just became the first ever interim coach to take his team to the playoffs. And it's going to happen again? No. <laughs> uh-uh. You fire Mike McCarthy today, period. And then you go out there and you get yourself the best possible coach you can because you can't throw away another year. And that's what will happen if they bring back Mike McCarthy next year. You throw, throw another year away because he just doesn't care. It's like watching Chip Kelly at UCLA. Doesn't care. Or he's not good enough. I, don't, I know Chip Kelly's good enough. I don't think he cares. Mike McCarthy, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to tell. It's, it's, hard to, it's hard to say anymore. I can't tell if he's even a, a, a good head coach. Like if he knows what he's doing. I don't think he does. But he definitely lost this team, and that team lost that game. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we return, we'll talk about start talking about the Cardinals debacle last night in Los Angeles and what it may mean for the big three in Glendale, whether it be Cliff, Kyler, or Kime, or all three. We'll talk about that next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. The NFL playoffs are in full gear, and everyone can get in on the action with a risk-free bet on FanDuel Sportsbook. Yeah, everyone. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or if you already have an account. All customers will get up to $10 back if your same-game parlay doesn't win this coming weekend. Because, as you know, the SGPs are awesome. They're a lot of fun, and you can mix and match all kinds of different things. Money line, points red, player stats, so much more. Now, like for me, I'm expecting some fireworks in Kansas City. The Bills and the Chiefs, I think that's going to be a high-scoring game. So does uh, Vegas. The over-under, I think, is 55-and-a-half right now. I like both quarterbacks as because we talked about they, like, they both like to use their legs. I like both quarterbacks for the over-rushing yards. They both like to target tight ends in the red zone, so I like Travis Kelsey and Dawson Knox to get a touchdown. And then you can throw a money line pick in there. You can mix and match all kinds of different things with your SGP, and when you do, you get up to $10 back whether you're a new customer or a seasoned veteran. America's number one sportsbook is FanDuel Sportsbook. It's easy to use. You can place your bets at any point in time. There's fast payouts. You get paid out in as few as two hours. And, of course, they are the official sports betting partner of the NFL, or a official sports betting partner of the NFL. I don't want to say the because they're not the only one. But uh, if you already have an account, just place your risk-free SGP on any divisional round game to qualify. And new customers, make sure you use pro- my promo code DEAN to access that risk-free bet. So if you're brand new, 
Place your risk-free bet by uh, signing up with my promo, key, promo code DEAN. Make your deposit. And you can also get 30-1 to 1 odds if you sign up today as well or sign up before the, uh, the divisional round of playoffs where you can bet $5 and get $150 payout just for picking a team to win the game. But use my promo code DEAN. That's officially on FanDuel Sportsbook. 21 and over in President Arizona. Bonus is issued as non-withdrawable site credit. Expires in seven days. Max bonus is $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342. All right. We're up against the clock here. As you can hear, my uh, music has started to end hour number one. That was fast. I, I just, like, I could, I could talk the end of that Dallas-San Francisco. I could talk the Dallas-San Francisco game for three hours today if we wanted to. We're not going to do that because... Nobody wants to do that. So coming up in hour number two, we're going to join the. Uh, we're going to start talking the uh, the hour number two, and uh, we're start talking about the uh, the Cardinals game, and uh, we'll talk about what's next for the Arizona Cardinals as they get absolutely crushed by the L.A. Rams in their playoff game last night on Monday Night Football. We also have some t- basketball to talk about: Arizona men's basketball, Arizona women's basketball. We have women's basketball tickets that you can call to win. Coming up in uh, in hour number two, still a whole lot more business here remaining on the Jeff Dean Show. Come on back for our number two. It's just a quick turnaround right here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. From the Casino del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson, KFFN Tucson, KWCX Tanka Verde, KMXZ HD4 Tucson.